This is On The Radar, coming at you with episode number 71. As always, we'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture. Normally, I record these podcasts on Wednesday, but due to circumstances, I'll be recording it on Tuesday. Now, there's a lot to actually get to today. Yohan Mankata of the White Sox announced that he's going to use his own music as his walk-up song, and a fellow teammate, Jose Abreu, actually wants to get his own music made by him. Hey, if you want to promote your own music and you want it to be your walk-up song, go right ahead. And uh, in football news, Tyra Williams was cut by the Raiders. That would make sense. He didn't play last season. And the Raiders have a a stallion of young receivers that Gruden's developing in the last couple years. So that makes total sense that they don't need to pay him. The the Habs have fired their coach, Claude Julien. There's a higher standard in hockey with your Canadian team. So if things are not going well, they're going to fire you. Emergency goalie David Ailes, they're probably make a Disney movie about him as the Disboni driver. Being, if you remember the story that in the past year where he was the emergency goalie for the home team. But the opposing team needed a goalie and they used him instead. Now the NHL has made a new rule since then to avoid all these, you know, accountants and all the other people to being the emergency goalie by now having a rule that every roster has to have at least three goalies or at least an extra goalie on a taxi squad base with this COVID and traveling all this stuff they got extra people just in case that they can call up so that was like the last time you're ever going to see that now in the um NBA all-star everybody was clamoring why wasn't Devin Booker making the all-star team the Suns are so much better this year well they got their wish he's replacing Anthony Davis who's out with an injury and for those upset that Sabonis Sabonis being the best player currently on the Pacers and now making the All-Star team, he has replaced Kevin Durant, who's going to be out with an injury. In baseball news, Jose Abreu, Frankie Montanez, and Jay Happ are the three players announced to having COVID-19. Hopefully everything is good with them and they make a recovery. Malik Beasley, we've covered this guy before in my basketball preview, all the money they spent him, all the legal issues with his girlfriend, him trying to be with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, all these other things that have gone on to his on his life is the NBA now suspended for 12 games with the legal problems he's having right now and the fact that he's probably going to have to when the season's over spend time in jail. So that's going to be a loss because a lot of their salary cap isn't there and the Timberwolves are a mess. Firing their head coach, hiring somebody from another staff as I talked about last week. Carlton Towns having the worst 18 months of anybody in the NBA, losing relatives, him getting COVID. Daniel Russell having an injury. So, yeah, the Timberwolves are a mess. Now, Jarrell Casey, the defensive tackle of the Broncos, was cut. And Janae and Gumake was re-signed with the Sparks. That's good for them, as long as they continue to have a good team with the sisters. That's a good idea. Hulu, though, interesting story, is going to be making a Mike Tyson TV show called The Iron Mike. The only problem is Mike Tyson himself has a problem with this because he says, I'm working on my own one, and I should be the only one telling the story. So that's going to be controversial. It's not like Michael Jordan had final, where he had final say for the last dance. Mike Tyson is not going to be able to have any say on this. Officially speaking of Michael Jordan, Bam Adebayo signed a giant deal with the Jordan brand. Congratulations to him getting that spokesman being part of the Jordan brand. And here's good news. that It's not just sports, but in television. Thursday Night Football is now going to be back on Strictly NFL Network, but also on Amazon Prime deal and ABC it's still obviously having one at football and all the other networks are keeping their games, but they're going to get into the rights to having the Super Bowl. Now, the next t- two are going to be NBC and Fox. So once that opening up, ABC, you know, 
ESPN will get that because this last year was on CBS. That's something they've been wanting to have for a while. Now, another thing is that they're planning on simulcasting Monday Night Football on ABC. If that's true, for all those people who love watching the Dancing with the Stars and the Bachelor World and all the other shows that are part of it that are on ABC for a couple of hours, that's going to affect those shows because they're going to not be on at 7 or 8 because of the game. And for fans of regular TV like the Good Doctor that I am, they may not be on for a couple of months because of football being on for a couple of months with Monday Night Football. And they may just move the good doctor to a different night. I would suggest maybe Thursday night because there was a procedural to Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. That would make more sense. So that's really what the impact is. But the impact is Fox is no longer doing Monday night football, uh, Thursday night football, excuse me. And as somebody who remember watching one hour dramas or half hour sitcoms on Thursday nights over the past decade before Fox changed over to having Thursday night football and then eventually the following year having WWE wrestling, which it's also going to be leaving them because they got they signed a deal with another place. That this will be helpful for the people who missed when they had Gotham, Orville, and they had, you know, Last Man Standing or other sitcoms that were on for 27 episodes between Thursday or Friday night. Now, with Fox not having Thursday Night Football, Monday and Tuesday nights are perfect the way they are. Sunday nights are perfect with their animation nomination. And Wednesday nights with the Masked Singer and the competition shows, that's fine. That opens up Thursday night for two hours of programming because they still do two hours and Friday night. That's going to be good for the people who like Fox having all the original programming but now didn't have it the past three, you know, calendar years, you know, two to three TV seasons because they're not going to have it. So that's important going forward to see what Fox is going to have. Now, obviously, what they may have is one of the many different Gordon Ramsay shows, which is fine by me if you're going to put one of the Gordon Ramsay shows on like in the fall or in the spring on Thursday or Friday night with its opening, but at least... Maybe you're going to put another one-hour show or a couple sitcoms. That's fine by me. Like, in order to get rid of having football and you having original programming and I got to live with a one Gordon Ramsay show on at a time, that's not the end of the world. So I'm glad they're going to do that. Now, Obi Toppin, Anthony Simmons, and Indiana's Cassius Stanley announced they're going to be the same dunk contest. Again, going with the rookies or the young players because the veterans don't want to be in it, especially all being on the same day. That's interesting. Duke Johnson was cut by the Texans. The man of the Texans, man, J.J. Watt's gone. They lost Hopkins. They The front office is a mess. The coaching staff was a mess. They fired all that. Will Fuller's not coming back. Deshaun Watson wants out. They just continue just to keep having players gone and gone. Now, I will say this. Rest in peace to Larry Killsby, who was a Purdue basketball play-by-play announcer for 74 years. Anytime somebody passed away from cancer, that's not a great thing. And uh, and he's been, you know, calling games for a long time, Clisby. So rest in peace to him. Now, an interesting story. We all talked about that WNBA team that was one of the owners was in politics. And all the players, even on the team, were speaking out against her and trying not to vote. They want everybody to vote against her. Well... Renee Montgomery, former WNBA player, is now part owner of the Atlanta Dream with the new ownership. And it's the first time a woman is a part owner in any sports professional team, especially in a big league like the WNBA. So that's interesting and a good pro- progress in this world. So congratulations to Renee Montgomery and the Atlanta Dream. Josh Gordon and Johnny Manziel have reported being this fan-controlled football league. Hey, if Manziel still thinks he can play quarterback, that's good for him. Jason Tatum has announced that he's a spokesman for Ruffles Chips, so congratulations to him. And interesting news, 
Emmanuel Ocho, Ocho, whatever, who, who replaced Marcellus Wiley on Speak for Your, not Marcellus Wiley, replaced Jason Whitlock to be with Marcellus Wiley on Fox Sports' FS, you know, FS1, Speak for Yourself, a show that Colin Coward originally came out with. People are like, okay, now i got two football players debating every single sport. And it's not just one hour, it's two hours. So I lost my interest in that show. But he has parlayed that type of career now into being the new host of The Bachelor. Because Chris Harrison, the original host, said he's leaving because of letting all this racism happen. And he is out of his control, but he still let it happen. And I'm like, yeah, that's noble of you, Chris Harrison. But you know how many Bachelor shows they have and how much money you're going to lose out? Well, Emmanuel Acho is going to be now hosting The Bachelor, so for fans who like football players hosting things, that's good to know. Rest in peace, a 29-year-old football player, Lewis Nix III, former Texan Giants, uh, you know, Notre Dame player, defensive tackle. He was, found, he was missing three days, for three days. They found him later dead, and they found his car abandoned in a, in a pond. It's just sad to lose somebody very young, and um, just rest in peace to Lewis Nix. It's very sad. Bulls and Raptors game this past week was canceled due to COVID-19. Now, that's that's just, again, what's happening. Now, rest in peace to Irv Crosby, 81. He's a longtime CBS broadcaster, two-time Pro Bowl with the Eagles, and he was like the first, he's, he, and he played for the Rams. He was the first black sports, you know, analyst to do shows back then with NFL Today that, you know, did with Brent Musburger, and he won the Pete Rosella Award. And he was doing all this national television football, which, you know, was a rarity for an African-American to do it. He also did call NBA and other sports. So it wasn't just he was a good football player and a pioneer in the world of being an African-American calling games. And he called other sports as well. So he was a pretty talented man. So rest in peace to Irv Croft. Congratulations to Patrick Cady. He's now scored his 400th goal, putting him up there with some of the all-time great American hockey players like Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chelios before him for the Blackhawks just in general. That is, congratulations to him. It took Giannis 61 games. Giannis has 61 games now with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists, which is the mark that Michael Jordan had. So he's already get to where Michael Jordan is with those type of games. But he heals the fastest player to 1,003, so congratulations to him. Now, other news is Jarrell Casey, I mean, excuse me, not Jarrell Casey. J.J. Watt has officially signed a two-year deal for $31 million with the Arizona Cardinals. Everyone's rumors, oh, he's going to go to the Browns, the Packers, where he played in Wisconsin, or he's going to join his brothers in Pittsburgh. He said he's going to go to St. Louis, because guess what? I mean, excuse me, silly me, uh, Arizona. Do you know what he's doing? He's joining his teammate, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins enjoyed a pretty good year playing for the Cardinals, and they're one of those up-and-coming teams. So even if J.J. Watts not the same player he used to be, and he doesn't play a full season, it will definitely help the Cardinals going forward. Atlanta, Atlanta fired their head coach, the, the Atlanta Hawks, Lloyd Pierce. I was like saying, there's certain NBA coaches that I couldn't name their names, and I only recently started to remember his name. Now he's been fired. Now, for those who didn't know, when Nate McMillan got fired by Indiana last year, even though they were a playoff team every year he coached, he was on the staff. He is now going to be interim coach. Maybe that will help the Atlanta the Hawks make the playoffs. I don't know, but at least you can say about Nate McMillan. He's been a two-time NBA coach, and he's also been a former NBA player, so that was something that maybe will help this team get to where they're going. The Knicks have signed former Golden State Warrior champion Festa Vizili to a minor league deal to be in the G League. It's good to see him back in the NBA. And they uh, assigned rookie Luka Doncic's car, went up for auction for $4.6 million. I love Luka Doncic, he's one of my favorite players. He had a birthday recently. 
but that's a lot for his card, man. ESPN is going to be airing NIT games for the basketball tournament, for those just wanted to know. Reese Davis, the college football man, he signed an extension with ESPN, so for those who are a fan of him and college football, he's staying there. Sue Bird, of course, resigned with the Storm because, hey, there's no, she's not going to go anywhere. She's played a whole career there. They've won, she's won many championships there. She's going to stay there. The Bears have cut Buster's crying, the cornerback. I guess they didn't want him anymore. And interesting, the Bears have hired Tom Herman, the former Longhorns coach, to be on the offensive staff. I think they're pulling out all the stops. Let's do everything possible to make this offense the way it used to be before they let everybody go. They announced the PGA is going to have stuff on Amazon Web Services, like extra content, all those other things. As everything's moving to streaming and being less and less on regular TV, that's just another story. Sidney Crosby, they have announced as COVID-19. Hopefully he gets better. Interesting, the Dolphins last year signed all these defensive players, including Kyle Van Noy, to a four-year deal. Well, they've just cut the linebacker after one year, and I'm wondering what they decided that, yeah, we don't need this guy, even though... Their defense was, maybe even though it was their strength, he was part of that strength. Julius Randle announced after being named as an all-star this year, he's going to be in the skills competition. So that's going to be interesting as they, as I said, recent years added big men to the skills competition. Now, I talked about Crosby having COVID, talking about Kane getting his 400th goal, the Habs firing their coach, the, you know, Disney movie story about hockey and the thing there. There's this very interesting hockey story that come out. Former Blackhawks player Artemi Panarin, who plays for the Rangers, has decided that because he's supporting one of Vladimir Putin's opposition leaders who's in, co- who's in prison, you know, that's the thing. He, like, he's supporting him, blah, 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 and he's very vocal about it. As Ennis Kanter can't go back to Turkey, there's other players that there are certain countries that they can't go back to because if they do go back, they'll be in prison, that they... The, the Kremlin and all the Russian officials are out, are out there to get him. His wife and his family who lives in Russia, they're in danger because now people are afraid they're going to attack them, all this other stuff, because there's some sort of report that when he, that, that 10 years ago, he assaulted an 8-year-old woman. But a lot of people are saying it's an unreliable third party with personal and political gains and access to grind because of who he's supporting and they all want to support Putin. So, again, an athlete... Can't speak out against the country that he's from without there being harm to him or his family. That is just really, really unfortunate because there's, I don't think there's anything he done wrong. So he's probably never going to go back to Russia if this is an issue. He's going to have to try to get his family out of Russia so they could be safe because Enes Kanter can't go back to Turkey and, you know, his father's in trouble over there. So he's left the team so he can figure out what's going on. That is just... A lot is going on with there where you can't speak out against the bad politics in your country and your life is, you know, at risk because they're coming out with this um, false report in some ways and trying to get yourself to be, to make sure that, oh yeah, yeah he could say all this bad stuff, but he's a bad person because he said this. And a lot of his former teammates don't think so. So that's just stupid. So hopefully... He and his family are safe, and everything will be settled and figured out because I, I don't want to see anybody get attacked over their own political beliefs. So hopefully everything goes there. Rest in peace to Win, to Win Hawkins. Win Hawkins is famous for not just being a baseball player, but he's also a scout, an executive, and a traveling secretary 
for the Cleveland Indians when he played in the 60s. He's famous for giving up Ted Williams' 500th career home run. Rest in peace to him. The Braves have extended Brian Snicker because, hey, there's, you know, what else are you going to do? The Braves continue to make the best team in the NLE and make the playoffs every year, and it's not going to be different this year. They still have the team to beat in that division. Kelvin Herrera announces retirement. Remember when he was the seventh inning guy when Wade Davis and Greg Holland were the Royals' bullpen, and he made a few all-star appearances out of that, and he won the World Series with the Royals, so that's he got a nice career making two all-star appearances, winning a World Series. Didn't go so well with the White Sox or the Nationals, and he wasn't healthy, but happy trails to him. The Jays announced that they're not going to have a radio feed, and they're going to have a TV simulcast. They're the first team to do that. And they were already announced that the, the players are going to be call, the, the broadcasters, called commentators like Buck Martinez and the others. They're going to be calling off screen back in the studios in Toronto. They're actually going to be in Dunedin, Florida, or Buffalo, wherever they're going to actually play the full season. And they're citing it due to to financial and COVID reasons. Which, if I've said, they're, if the TV people are in studios, you can have the radio people be in the studio and try to call it that way. That it just seems like they're coping out of a way not to spend money on broadcasters and all this other stuff. The A's, they didn't get rid of the radio feed. They just couldn't get a rights agreement with the local station. So it's on the internet instead of it being on things. So Blue Jays fans are going to suffer because radio is different than the TV because the TV, you can see everything. Radio, and you need to know what the count is. You need to know the, who's on base, all this other stuff. It's a lot different. They don't really need that. Carlos Carrasco, who battled leukemia in the past couple of years, announced that he got the COVID vaccine. So he's able to be healthy and go out there. That's good. Royals extended Brian Dozier to four-year contract, to four-year extension. That's one of their better players. They might as well do it. Former Marlins great Dodger Willis has been announced as the Dodgers special assistant. It's good to know that he's working in baseball, not just a broadcaster. Mets announced are going to wear number 41 all season long to honor Tom Seaver because of the shortened season last year. I feel like every team that lost to a legendary Hall of Famer last year in the shortened season should be doing that. White Sox picked up Mickey Matuk out of Milo deal, and the Cubs re-signed Ryan Tapara. If Ryan Tapara is healthy, that definitely helps the Cubs out in their bullpen. Angels picked up Jesse Chavez for another go-around, a Miley deal, and the Jays signed Tommy Malone to Miley deal. Again, organizational death for all of them. Same thing with the White Sox signing Mickey Matuk, but I'm still wondering why the White Sox haven't signed, I don't know, like a backup infielder because if Tim Anderson misses time, as good as Leora Garcia or Danny Mendick can be, and they did sign Hernandez and Reynolds, but it's not that exciting. Like, I'm looking out there, you know, an oldie but a goodie. Gordon Beckham, Daniel Descalso, Scooter Jeanette, Logan Forsythe, Nick Franklin, Jed Jerko, Serpago, Sean Rodriguez, Eric Sogard is a really good one to pick out there. Addison Russell's a free agent. You know, there's enough people out there that the Sox could sign to fill that role. And when it comes to starting pitchers, Homer Bailey's still out there, Gio Gonzalez, Trevor Cahill, Andrew Kashner, and Cole Hamels, a big-time name, is out there. Even bringing Edwin Jackson back in my ideal, Nate Carnes. Mike Leake is a pretty good fifth starter. So is Wade Miley, Jimmy Nelson. And then Jacob Rizzi is obviously going to cost a lot, but he's out there. Brad Peacock, Rick Porcello, Danny Zelzar, Jeff Samarjan, even Clayton Richard, and my biggest one is that they signed Annabelle Sanchez. Like, there's plenty of guys that could take the Sox a minor league deal and not spend a lot of money because I don't want to go to a season where Rodon never stays healthy. We're not sure about Lopez or Cease, and we're not sure about, about Kopech as well. So that's where... I don't know what they're doing there. Nars and peace to Jamil, Jamal, Jamil. 
podcast. So rest in peace to Jamal French, 29-year-old actor from Degrassi, passed away at 29 years old again. Losing somebody at that age is very sad. A show that just debuted last weekend, a two-hour premiere on The CW, and the next episode was going to be on tonight. And it was one of the many shows that I was going to do a review today of. Announced that they have renewed it for season two. As I said, they renew Walker, Texas Ranger after three episodes, and that's a little bit fishy. But I understand with Lois and Cl- uh, Superman and Lois that with Supergirl ending, they want a replacement, and this is the replacement. So that is the only rationale that I can get. Or that the two-hour premiere was so darn good that they got to go renew it. That's where I'm confusing. Because until I sit there and watch it this week, I'm not going to really be sure 100%. Now, anybody talking about a home improvement revival, this could be without Zachary Ty Bryan. He had two felony counts for strangling a woman. So he'll probably definitely not be in the show. With that going out there. Paramount Plus is trying to revive Frasier. Because I was told that Paramount Plus is going to really replace what CBS All Access is. So that's, there, that's interesting again. That show, it makes sense if you want to revive it. Unlike Criminal Minds or some other show. Because, because that's the sort of thing where it hasn't been on for a long. Frasier, uh, you know, Frasier. And him appearing in Proven Innocent and... Potentially it put it could have appeared in Carol Second After it was renewed for season two. He's probably needs something to do, I guess. Now Nickelodeon's making an Avatar Airbender like studio where there's gonna be some you know, you know, animated movies. They're gonna try to make some more T V shows. So for all the people who are fans of the Avatar the Airbender, there's gonna be more content coming out. Now, they're going to make a live action Blue Beetle movie. With Jaime Reyes' character. And I've been clamoring for the, the second Blue Beetle, Ted Court, to be in Legends of Tomorrow or Flash or Arrow. Because he doesn't have superpowers and it would be cool to have this guy in the Arrowverse because he'd be useful. But that hasn't happened yet. And they did have, they did have Jaime Reyes at the end of Smallville as that Blue Beetle. And he was in Young Justice. So at least they're doing a non-New 52 character when making a movie. So that's going to be interesting to see. Now... One thing about Batwoman, which I was very excited to when season one came out, was that I liked it. It was dark. It was non-superpowered people. It was like the replace place Arrow. But of course, with the Ruby Rose leaving, the show has been a mess. Because so far, the show, the first CW superhero show to come back this season, was Batwoman. And the whole entire season two is all about, is Kate going to come back? Is uh, what's going to happen with her? And I'm saying to myself, like, why is it all about it? It's just, there's been six episodes, and so far, everything is all about Kate. You got the Crows, her father, and her ex-girlfriend looking for her. You got Alice, who's her long-lost sister, trying to get her back. You got Luke, who's not ready to move on from, you know, losing Kate, even though it's only one year of being on the job. And even though Kate's stepsister is ready to move on kind of a bit and is okay with the new Batwoman, everything's all about it. The bad guy, Sophia, with her connection with Alice and all this other stuff and what she can bring to the show as a villain. If it's all centered around, like, are we going to find Kate? What's going on? It's just they got to cut the cord. They just got to accept she's dead or she's never coming back and maybe write out some of the ex-girlfriends or the siblings or all this other stuff, like, especially like Alice. Alice is obviously Batwoman's Joker, but like you got to stop with this because it's just going to keep going on and on. And even though they renewed it... But Despite the fact that it should not have been renewed because you don't want to see the season go. It's just too much focusing on Kate. They got to move on and just embrace the new Batwoman. That's just what they got to do. Now, 
I did get to watch CBS's Equalizer and Fox's The Great North and write reviews on them. And they're online at Radar4428 on Blogger or check my Facebook for them on, on the Radar Entertainment blog. So those are up there. But today I'm only going to be talking about Equalizer and the other CBS show, Clarice. Now the thing about the Equalizer is the show is considered one of the greatest TV shows ever from like the 80s, 90s of, of a thing. Of the guy being had this, this past in the military and special ops and agency. And he could solve stuff and help people that, because there's nowhere to go. I'm like, okay, cool. That's a great show. And then they said, we're running out of ideas in Hollywood, so let's take Denzel Washington and make it a movie. And guess what? Both movie one and two, one was better than number two, were good. They just need to call the Equalizer because there was nothing similar to the TV show. It could have just been a, a good action movie. Now, this show is, again, CBS is, as I, I keep telling buddy, the channel that likes to remake shows they used to have, reboot movies at the TV show, just continue to, to make cash off spinoffs, and try the revival game, or take similar ideas and try to do it. So that's what they're doing here. Now they're also trying to. I'm okay with you know you making shows where you have female leads or you have minority leads, but try making an original new content focused on a female lead or a minority lead. Like you don't need to take something originally and change it up because then it's gonna have all this criticism. Because I love Queen Latifah. She can sing. She can act. She can rap. And I liked watching her in Star most recently. But the problem is is her physique and the the really horrible edited action scenes and the faulty gun work and all this other stuff that people who are, you know, trained in martial arts or trained in photography, you know, and filmmaking, they could point these things out that then you go, oh yeah, I noticed that. Because once it's been pointed out, you look at it and go, wow. And they don't have like somebody on set to show how to... It's just not the, um, the same. So that's what I'm trying to get at. It's just... She's a, she's a good actress, she can do it, but the problem is she's just not believable in the role. And every episode so far that I've watched, because there's been four, three out of the four I've watched, she's helping out an African-American person. And that's good. But in the original Equalizer, he helped anybody who came to his door, no matter what race, religion, or gender, or, you know, culture, or, you know, or ethnicity. He helped everybody. So far, it's been a very political agenda that is specifically a black woman helping black people. And that's fine. But you got to open up the door a bit. And then I'm a fan of Adam Goldberg from Jim Gaffigan and then his techer, hack, hacker, hacky role where you're hacking into things, the tech guy, for the Brian Mills TV show Taken, which was a pretty good show, only season two. And he was good. But this character, his outfit, everything he does, it seems over the top. It seems like they put a lot of production into the ads and paying all these actors. And a lot of the scenes look like it's a movie-produced show and not an t- actual regular TV budget. And they wasted all the money on that. And the writing's a problem. So it's like overly produced and it's over the top. And then, you know, you know, Liza Laparia, who's been either in dramas like a lawyer or maybe a doctor or whatever, depending on what it is, like a, just a straight-up drama, or she's been in plenty of sitcoms, or she just played, you know, George's mom on Nancy Drew, her being a former sniper in the, in the military with her, at, with Queen Latifah, it also is not believable. And then they have to make it a story where she has a kid, but who's been watching the kid when she's gone? Not her parents, her aunt. And Lorraine Toussaint, who was, I really liked her playing Rosewood's mother, you know, Morris Chestnut's mother in, in Rosewood, and I've seen her in a few shows that have failed the past couple of years. She's a good actress. But there's no need for her and no need for the daughter that takes away from the show. And then Chris Knoth is that guy who used to be the CIA boss who trained her, and she, he worked under her, and he has his own private service, and CIA is reaching out to him to say, hey, you gotta let her stop, you gotta have her stop doing this, she's gotta go back, or she's gotta stop. 
and then you got the young hotshot cop who's trying to who doesn't like vigilante justice and he's getting in her way so yeah he's getting in her way chris Noth and the cia is getting in her way and then you take it away from the, the the tractors of the aunt and the daughter and the unbelievable characters adam goldberg i like him but the way they have him dressed the way he acts is over the top and it just means like you wasted too much money on production promo paying all these actors with long credits and you didn't use enough on action scenes training people actually how to hold weapons and actually write a script so going forward this show unless the writing improves through the first season because they said they rushed this to pilot they didn't actually have a pilot for the show they just said no 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 no. we're just gonna go straight to series and move on so usually you show a pilot and they ish and they see if they like it but they said nah we're just going to give it a whole entire series instead. Because before COVID, CBS had an opening on Sunday nights where God Friend of Me ended. And they potentially had an opening on Thursday nights, depending on the episodes they had, of Evil. So it was probably going to be on in October, November. But they didn't get to put it on because of COVID. So that's how they were promoted over the top during the Super Bowl, leading up to Super Bowl, and all that other stuff. And I don't know how many episodes they plan on getting, but... If after 10 episodes, the writing has improved, the character development hasn't improved, I'm sorry, CBS, but it's going to be another failed reboot that you, or and remake that you don't need to do. So that's that. So I guess it's female empowerment. That's fine. She's the lead. I'm a fan of her. I'm a fan of Goldberg, Laparia, and Toussaint, and Kristoff. Good. Then the other show that I haven't officially posted yet is Clarice. Now, I've never watched silence of the lambs i've never watched hannibal i never read the books so i gotta know nothing about this i never heard of rebecca breeds i don't know about her acting skills so i don't know anything but of course this is a they put as a psychological horror crime drama where i can't call it a remake because it's not off a tv show it's not rebooting a whole movie it's one character as a spinoff and supposedly it's one year after the uh you know after her issues with buffalo bill and saving somebody and her social worker, psychologist, whatever, is over the top of therapists saying that she's not ready and maybe because he's sexist, doesn't think she'd be there. And he's too hard on her. Michael Cudlitz, who's in charge of the unit, she's a part of. He's over the top. One of the people on the crew is also thinking she didn't be there, she didn't be in the FBI. And you got all those detractors there. Then you got the Jane Atkinson, who's been in plenty of things, the U.S. Attorney General, with her own agenda. And why she put Clarice on the team. But then you have to add the fact that her daughter was the one that Clarice saved, if you didn't know that, because I didn't know that. And they got to include the daughter and her antics. So, like, again, you got the attorney general, got the daughter that they're putting in the show, they got the boss and the person that doesn't like her on the show. And then you're looking at the show, like, Luca D'Olivia, who had a small role in SEAL Team, is, again, playing a former op, op, you know, operator who's actually in the FBI and is, like, a gun, you know, the sniper. It's pretty typecast, but it's was good. And then Cal Penn is somebody working also for them. And the two of them, they've not been rude to her. They've kind of been nice to her. So hopefully Cal Penn stays on a show that doesn't get canceled. Then they survive, got canceled, moved to streaming, and then they cancel the show Sunnyside. Now, it's not very believable in the 90s that, uh, you know, that Cal Penn, who is, yes, he's American, but obviously he's, his family is not American. They're from India. That in, in the 90s, an Indian man is in the FBI, but a woman... Oh, no, we don't trust the woman. We don't think she's smart. She shouldn't be able to do. That's very believable also. Then she's got her friend who she worked with before, and she's, like, in the, the like, uh, evidence room forensics. Like, hey, you got to do all that. And so far, in the first three episodes, she's been more helpful to solving this stuff with Clarice than anybody on the team, the sniper, whatever Cal Penn does, whatever the old guy does, whatever Michael Cudlitz is supposed to do. 
So I hope they use her more because she actually proved she could do it. But obviously in the 90s, they don't care if that woman can do stuff. So she's in like a closet, you know, like in a small room with all these files and she's not really doing anything. Basically, CBS wants Sunday night and Thursday night to be female empowerment night. And that's fine. If you want to go into making a show based off a movie instead of doing a, a straight up remake, that's cool. But for people that have never watched the movie or read the books or seen the other TV show... It's somewhat confusing, and again, it seems like over-the-top production for a show that's supposed to take place in the 90s, a TV show. It's not a movie, it's just, again, I feel like they wasted money on these actors, they wasted money on all the advertisement and the promotion and some of this production, and I'm just saying to myself, I don't understand the appeal of the show. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm liking it. I think it's cool because I never watched Criminal Minds, but I did watch, I do watch Prodigal Son, where science, and you spend your whole life understanding the psyche of a serial killer, a bad guy, being a profiler, and this time she's got her own personal demons from her childhood, but then also from the Silence of the Lambs movie, like the Malcolm Bright in Prodigal Son. He's got his own trauma from his father being a serial killer. So he's got all these different things, and that's, so I like that. It's like they, they, they've experienced trauma with bad people, and they spent their whole life trying to stop the bad guys, and that's interesting. So I like that. She's doing a very good job, but then she's, I don't know, as an Australian woman how good her southern accent is but it's okay so obviously they got great cast of people who've been in shows but there's too many detractors there's too many kind of wasted scenes so if you don't have enough for a full hour then don't make it an hour i don't need to see what the attorney general her daughter is i don't need all these detractors taking away from her on the team it's just let her do her job and whatever cal penn's job is and the other old and the old guy and cudlitz let them do all their jobs and actually just every week solve them. My, my problem is I feel like the show is just going to turn into a regular FBI or, you know, you know, Blue Blood type of show on CBS, like a procedural cop show, where they're not going to have supernatural. They're not going to have psychological. They're not going to have, you know, horror. And it's just going to be FBI. Let's just solve serial killers because they're working for that task force. Ooh, you know, so that that's what I'm saying. They work for the – for the uh, – for the, you know, the, uh, whatever task force that the woman made for them and stuff, and that is not just regular FBI, it's like taking down serial killers and bad people, so, you know, and sexual predators, that's, that sort of thing. Now, I'm hoping that the writing gets better on the show, because I like the idea, I like the, the, how it takes place in the past, using science and profiling and having somebody with unique skill set to take down people and all that other stuff. And yeah, I liked I liked it, but I was there was just some parts of the show where I'm like, eh, boring. I don't need it. But this violin crime enhancing program is a very interesting idea, and they even make the graphics look like it's from the '90s, and there's all this technology from the '90s, so that's interesting. So overall, I would cancel it based on how CBS in the last 20 years is very quick to cancel shows. So that is my concern that they're gonna cancel it because they're quick on the trigger. Of doing that, and the show's gonna lose its appeal quickly, and it's gonna turn a regular boring procedural, and people are just gonna be bored, and they're gonna tune away, and they're gonna go to ABC and watch Grey's Anatomy, or they're gonna go to NBC and watch SVU instead. They're gonna go to those two long-running procedural shows, or they're gonna go to CW and watch Walker Texas Ranger instead. That's what I'm afraid of. So I feel like I just clearly get to let you know that there's a lot of positives about Clarice, but there's like a a, a good amount of negatives with the storytelling and wasting time in the episode and just too many detractors and it may lose the appeal that I'm afraid that if I get too attached to the show 
it's probably going to be canceled after one year. And with with Equalizer, I'm going to see it through until they get to maybe 10, 12 episodes, however many it's supposed to be. But my feeling is this show is just not that good. And it doesn't matter what Queen Latifah does or who's in the show. The writing's just bad. It's just... But yeah, so to all the people who passed away that I mentioned, rest in peace to them. All the people who have COVID-19, hopefully they get better and heal up and everything will be good for them going forward. And that Artemi Panarin, Artemi Panarin and his family is safe. Thanks for listening to another edition of On the Radar. As we always talk about local national sports. This was episode number 71. As always, download your podcast wherever you get it. Apple, Google, or Spotify. Follow like on the radar tan blog on the radar on youtube radar 4428 on twitter or on blogger and on the radar media is my website thank you for listening to episode number 71 see you guys next time